It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast, episode 144. Buckle up. This is your Survivor News edition, and I serve as your humble and oh-so-gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and thank you for tuning back in. I am so excited for another season of Survivor has begun. If you have not already, please be so kind to ensure that you subscribe to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcast from the purple pants podcast is there waiting for you also you know with our survivor news coverage you can head over to my youtube page bryce isaiah hit subscribe and watch along with your baby boys as we tackle some survivor i am so excited we just came off of an amazing event from bryce and win present the New York premiere of 42 and Bay Bay. Woo! It was epic. I just want to thank everybody that came out from our Survivor family to our amazing race family to our big brother family to our circle family to all of our friends because it's no fans. We friends. We family. We go together. Okay, that premiere was epic. Woo! Baby boy is still recovering, but listen, we'll get into all of those deets on the actual Purple Pants podcast that will come out this Tuesday. But listen, we are here for Survivor News and Bay Bang. When DZ is away in Jamaica on his birthday trip. So for any of the OG Purple Pants Posse members, y'all, we taking it old school for the Survivor News this week. It is your baby boy, Jack Atkins from the Netflix show, The Circle, season two. Back in the day, Jack and I used to cover Survivor News here on the Purple Pants Podcast, and that is what we are giving it to you this week. So listen, let me just be quiet. Let's let's keep the men you rolling. It's a man who is a man you being potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who is a man you being potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. And we are back this week with your Survivor News. It feels like it's been a long time since we got yep. to talk Survivor. And of course, I had to call my main, main baby boy, the Jack that is Atkins. And to you guys that are new to the Purple Pants podcast, what you may not be familiar with is the inception of Survivor News here on the podcast was me and your baby boy, Jack Atkins from the yes, Circle. Sir season two and listen shout out to all of our youtube followers if you're at the bryce isaiah youtube page make sure you subscribe to the channel give this video a thumbs up you know right in the comments i feel like in the comments it's the jack atkins fan club okay it depends <laughs> on the episode but yeah i mean we love the comments we love the youtube viewers if you're tapped into the video you can see bryce and i rock some goren bros oh. hats not even sponsored bryce just put me on um and yeah, I'm so excited to be back with you, Bryce, talk about the new season. The offseason uh, between 41 and 42 was longer than usual. So us and the fans were waiting for a few months. We enjoyed the premiere live in New York with you. Oh. At Bryce and One Presents. Uh, it was an amazing turnout. I appreciate you so much for bringing me out. Putting everything on. Shout out to Bounce Club, NYC. 
for helping out with that. And it was just a phenomenal time, right? It's a great place to watch that episode. The energy was just, it was vivacious. Oh, vivacious. Yes. Shout out to everyone that came to the Bryce and Wynn present the premiere 42 in New York City. Me and your baby boy, Wendeezy, you know, we try to do our thing. And it's just such a fun time. and such a great energy just to be in. I feel like your family, people that mm-hmm. get you. Uh, so let's address the elephant in the room. I know you're like, where is Wendeezy? Where he at? Well, listen, you guys. Wendell just celebrated a birthday. He's officially a pop-pop. And Wendell is in Jamaica. So Jack and I, we're going to take this one and we're going to cover the Survivor News with you. But don't worry, Wendell will be back next week. But listen, the OG. It's the OG. We don't need Wendell. Okay. Uh, I hope Wendell's enjoying, you know, celebrating in Jamaica. Uh, He was having a great night last night, too. Yeah. Maybe he'll get some. You want to see my buffs? (laughs) 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 Maybe Yeah, so... Shout out to Wendell. But yeah, this is, uh, for those who don't remember, you know, back in season 39 when we started talking. Before the start, It might have been before that. It might have been 38. I might have been 38. Yeah, I think it was before that. So it was just me and you. It used to be a lot quicker, you know, 15-minute thing. And then you were like, hey, you know, Jack, you know, Jack's not too bad. We could give him a little more screen time. So Yeah, so the pace of this new season is so fast. We're going to premiere. There's so much to cover. Two-hour premiere. I thought it was really solid. I rewatched it today because last night was so busy. It's hard to catch all the great moments. Um, so we might be whipping through this one, Bryce, but obviously we want to talk about all the major moments. Um, what were just your overall impressions of the episode? Uh, my overall impressions were after I rewatched it because I felt like last night was a lot. Uh, mm. I, I, it, it, It's definitely the diversity for me, like just watching the episode, Jack, and just seeing so many shades of color, of faces, of like the spectrum of the LGBTQ plus, like it really just felt so amazing to watch and to see these like players, like mm-hmm. when I, like player player. Yeah, I mean this this season, just looking at the casting beforehand, it feels so different from any average season. No shade. I feel like this season's a lot less athletic than the normal season, but that's not necessarily something bad. It's like you said, it's giving representation to all different sorts of people. Whereas ten years ago, you might have eight blonde girls and eight surfer boys out there. And now I feel like all the personalities are so distinct and so unique that it's a really exciting mix of people. And since it's so different than usual, you know, we're going to have to figure out and see how this plays out with, with this new cast. Yeah. I also feel like, do you really need an athletic cast if you have a Jonathan? Or your season? <laughs> well, that's that's <laughs> the thing. Off the rip, it's like Mike and Roxroy are the ones supposed to be stacking up with Jonathan. I'm like, Man, like that dude is a beast. I, when, he, I, when he was just dragging the boat, I, I was like, I was like, drag me, Jonathan, drag me. And also, fun fact for uh, the fans at home, Bryce, have you seen the show Endurance? I it's have. Kind of, Jonathan was on Endurance way back in the day, so he maybe he's got a little extra experience under his belt at the Hidden Temple. <laughs> but, Listen, drag me. Drag me, John. I, yeah. I volunteer. I volunteer my temple as tribute. And he was, he, you know, he looked the same back then when he was thirteen. On it, it was like, <laughs> not, not thirteen. <laughs> uh, but anyways, but into the season. Way, does Jonathan not give you a younger, more athletic gladiator version of LJ from my season? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Uh, he, Jonathan just gives me like definitely some Tarzan vibes. Oh, yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> you need to calm down. Okay, all right, sorry. He's not grabbing your vine, right? <laughs> uh, I can't make Zaddy Xander too jealous. 
Uh, and also, while we're on it, shout out to all of the amazing Survivor, Love Island, Amazing mm. Race, Big Lulu brother. and Lala, Big Brother. The Circle. The s- <laughs> we had it all last night. Yes. Shout out all. to everyone. Shout out to Eliza, Xander, Glenn from Big Brother, Kevin from Big Brother, Ovi, mm. uh, Jack. Sari. So, Sari! Shout out so to her bad. son, Jared. That's who. Just uh, Brooks. Everyone, yeah. Everyone. Lucy Too many Lala. great people to name. Like, it was it was phenomenal. Um, Yeah, I had so much fun. And for, for those listening, I flew in yesterday oh. on Wednesday uh, to go to the Bryce's party out in New York City. Flew back this morning, and it's, it's Thursday. So I was there for less than 24 hours, but it was a wild 24 hours. Some stories that could be shared off oh. the mic, but... You know, Bryce, you got a few more events coming up for the season, right? I, I got to say, people back home, you got to pop out. And we're going, we he's do. going to all different locations. I mean, listen, it's it's giving the tour. And I mean, I guess an exclusive is that we are heading back to D.C. April 6th, Bryce and Wim present the District Part 2. Tickets are available. Click the link in the Bryce and Wim present Instagram bio or my Instagram bio or Wendell Instagram bio. And listen, D.C., you is up next. Let's go. And ooh. Let me just tell you this before we get into the season. I know we, we got a lot of household work. Wendell texted me before he got on the plane to Jamaica. And the guest that we have confirmed for the district, April 6th. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. That's all. That's I might all. have to fly out for that. Oh, oh baby boy. <laughs> I mean, don't tempt me. Oh, on Jay. Uh, but so, yeah, let's get into this. Let's uh, get to this episode. I mean, we kick it off. Classic Jeff talking to the camera monologue. Or not, I, sh- I shouldn't say classic. New classic. Kind of like new, it's a new, new classic. classic. Give it Iggy Azalea. New He's classic. Showing, showing season 41 clips. I think Zaddy Zan was actually the first person on the screen. Shout out to him. And he lets us know that because the, the uh, season 42 castaways haven't had the chance to see season 41 because they filmed back to back, that they're going to re-implement a lot of those same twists from season 41. We got the, you know, the, the idols that need to be activated with the, the silly... You know, the silly little phrases. We get the little snippet. I think it's potatoes have skin. I have skin. Am I a potato? So looking forward to seeing that. We got, you know, the prisoner's dilemma. We got a whole lot of stuff. A lot of twists are coming back, Bryce. Off the rip, what do you think about them reusing those same twists? I love it, honestly. And I am so curious to know. And I know I was on Twitter earlier before we got on. And I I hear a lot of fans are upset at the possibility of the hourglass twist. Mm. Um, I love it because, again, I look at how the hourglass twist worked out for Erica. And again, I feel like it's Survivor. You roll the dice. This is the new era of Survivor. So I love a lot of the twists that they are bringing back. But again, Jeff also said some twists they might not be bringing back. So I am curious to know uh, whether or not the hourglass will come back. I do love the new twist. I think that it's a lot. I think the pace of this game is just so much. Mm. Even the fact of like no rights and me being out in Survivor, whether it only be eight or 11 days, questionably, um, Rice was my <laughs> lifeline. Yeah. And I remember after the first challenge we did, um, and I think even Zach talked about it uh, on this episode, was that like he's never felt that fatigued in his life. And I can remember after doing our first challenge in Kagan, I remember like, <sighs> I, I like I it, honestly, Jack. It was like an outer body experience. How fatigued I was with the humidity. We were dehydrated, so it's just like the fact yeah. that they aren't even getting food is like, baby. It's crazy to imagine because, like, imagining being out there for me, it's like usually 
you're going to be hungry, but at least every imagine. day you can wake up and just trust me. I have imagined Bryce relax. Uh, it's like you wake up, you're going to be hungry, but you could get a little rice. You know, you could get a scoop of rice. Now it's like you wake up, you don't know where your meal is coming from. Like you have to go out in the woods and I guess get coconut. Like I don't, co- I don't, I wouldn't be that stoked about coconuts. Though. I mean, of course, once you're hungry, you're taking whatever you can get. Right. But coconuts are mostly liquid too, right? So yeah, they have like the little like the meat on them. But yeah. also we had to be careful of the coconut. One of the things that they warned us was that like, if our source of nutrients is only like water and coconut juice, mm-hmm. the coconut juice can dehydrate you. Yeah. yeah. So it was so just you gotta like find something substantial. And right. That's a challenge in itself. And, and uh, not to get ahead of ourselves, but early on, we do see some of that camp life, you know, they're building the shelter, everything like that. So I love how, you know, in 41, it felt like they talked about how hard it was. I feel like now they're showing it, which I really appreciate. No, for sure. And I mean, listen, this is the Purple Pants Podcast of Ivory News. Let's just go into it. The Blue Tribe. Mm-hmm. That is Drea. Mm-hmm. That is Zach. That is Tori. That is Rox Roy. That is Romeo. And that is Swati. So interesting. Uh, I feel like this blue tribe, for me, I feel like it's quintessential survivor in the sense great, of. Good word, Bryce. Oh. Okay. Did I use it right? Yeah. Great pronunciation. Great oh. use. I'm fired up. Oh. No more, no more, no with all. <laughs> no, listen, that's at, Listen. That somebody add, add, somebody that's that's added to the Bryce Isaiah. The twists are coming back, and so is the <laughs> Noah Fall. The twist and the Noah Fall. But I really thought it was classic Survivor seeing Rox Roy be so adamant about working and kind of seeing like Swati, uh, Zach, and Tori kind of like, we're where are the kids? Yeah. We're not gonna do anything. And but here's the thing, and maybe I'm getting older, uh, but I was with Rocks. Like, hello, let's get this shelter together. What is y'all doing? Um, and I, it made me worrisome for Rocks Roy because I did the It's a Look with Rob. Um, and I, like, I had some strong opinions of Rocks Roy. However, mm-hmm. I feel like he's such a dad. Like, you know, yeah. he's like, he's tough on you, but it's like, you know, like, he your, he's very caring. Yeah, right. Get, like, get, get your homework done, Jack. And then we go, go get some ice cream. Like, you yeah. know, and, but I was with him, like being a former Survivor player, like, let's get this shelter built. Like, mm. we're not trying to sleep on nothing. So I just thought it was interesting how automatically we see the, the dynamic of somewhat of the older and the younger tribe. But clearly we see it does not necessarily last throughout the episode because it quickly fades away. Like, what were your thoughts? Did you think, uh, like, if you were out there, do you think you would be with rocks or do you think? You would be with the I, well. I know you would be with the kids, not trying to do no work. <laughs> well, see, You'd here's the sleep. thing: I definitely would want to do work, and I think getting the shelter done is like a quintessential part of setting up your camp. Getting fires, building shelter—that's day one, you know, essentials. Um, but I do really think rocks really miss because there's one thing to think it, but there's another it, in the way you verbalize it. Like you don't, and I, I didn't feel like you know, there's a lot we didn't see, right? But the younger group. It didn't seem like they were just completely slacking off. Like even as they were fooling around, we saw I think they were getting coconuts or something. So it's it, it's tough because if you're rocks where you're definitely in the right, you want to make that shelter, right? But and, and you want to be able to prompt people. But I think there's a much much better way to do it than you know he was so visibly frustrated and, and he was very very fatherly with it. And he said in his confessional, he's like, I just got here from dealing with my kids back home where I'm a stay at home dad, where I'm monitoring what they're doing and encouraging them to get their, their ish done. And now he's dealing with, you know, 22 year olds where they might not be getting shit done, but 
they're not his kids. So you can't right. just, you can't nag them. Um, and but it's so hard though. Like when you're on survivor though, Jack, and uh, you say to yourself, oh, I'm not going to be that person. I'm mm. not going to be that person. But then it's still real interaction. Right. Yeah, yeah. When you get out there and it's like how frustrated you are. Shout out to Dreya for actually kind of like coming to him being like, listen. And shout out to him for being like, if I'm doing too much, let me know. And then Drea says like, you got to right. tone it down. And I think that nipped things in the butt a little bit. So also but- like if we're going to stick on this tribe real quick, <laughs> Drea, a beast. She is uh, a beast out the gate. And mind you, she actually really reminds me of Desi Williams from Healers, mm. Hustlers, uh, Heroes, like just an athletic beast or even like a Desi, a Sydney. Yeah, that's, just, that's what I was getting. A Sydney from Korong. Right. Yeah. And like they all three of them. First of all, triple all three, threats. Yes, triple yeah. threats. All three amazing black queens and all three like could have poten- like I, I mean could potentially win. I, yeah. I don't know. But like I, I love the dynamic between Drea, Romeo, and Rox, like kind of sort mm. of making this alliance. And mm. then I guess before we even get all of that, their first mission to get the Flint. Yeah, can we can we take this way back to the Marooning Bryce and go over? Because I had some questions too. I want to okay, ask. Okay, go ahead. You Sorry, I just, baby boy, no, no, just excited. No, we're, we, we, we're bouncing. I mean, there's a lot to unpack. So if we bounce around, you know, that's oh. that's what's it's gonna it's gonna go down like that. That's, that's the survivor oh. news. But it just was that bounce sporting? <laughs> yeah, we was bouncing. <laughs> I'm still a little bit, you know. <laughs> um, but the opening Marooning, and I just want to rapid fire this to you real quick. Season 41. We saw them on the boat and they had a similar challenge where they had to collect paddles, row out and, and finish the, the challenge here. We're on the beach. We're straight up on the beach, kind of like in your season where you guys start on the beach or, you know, on the, on the land. I just want to ask you, do you have a preference? Do you prefer a boat marooning or, or a beach marooning? So, okay. I'm going to be honest. I personally, I always wanted to jump off the boat. Like I, like I, like I love just getting wet. Like I want to do a cannonball Whoa. off the boat. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no, that's but as a viewer, what do you think? I, I, as a viewer, I, I think the boat. Like I love when they have to run around, mm-hmm. grab chickens, grab paddles, throw it in the water, and then jump. For me, that like that is how you start surviving. Yeah, I think I agree. It's it. The boat marooning are just so chaotic and like exciting. I do. I mean, I really did enjoy this opening marooning this season, but there is something to be said where here, you know. Jeff asks you the questions. Everyone's like, oh my God, it's Jeff Probst. And then, and Jeff was literally in the camera like, mm. <laughs> you Mike know what I'm saying? Like, well, my, Mike <laughs> had me grand up. My boys at home are never going to believe it. Mike, they going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> and also, but, shout out Marianne. Marianne's energy it's uh, unreal. is just yeah. like, I literally, whenever Marianne talks, whenever Marianne's facial, I literally was there watching it like, yeah. She, she is so, so something like we've never seen before on Survivor, but she was such a great presence. Like I think she was one of the stars of the premiere for sure. Uh, and she's going to be such an interesting player because she's very emotional, but she also seems to have a very good kind of social awareness. I feel like, and she's yes. so lovable that and, it's going to be yeah, yeah. And she's willing to. And this is something that I admire about her from watching this episode. Is like she's a thousand percent in her fan element and just like oh my god, is this it? Also. Mm-hmm. Going in there with a plan and also being like, I know a lot of survivors make the mistake of not they after after survivors come off the season, they're like, I wish I played a more cutthroat game. I wish I made these decisions. And clearly, like she is acting upon that. Like, like, Marianne, you better go off. That that is a great point, because she is she has so much energy. But I think 
off first impressions, I would think she might be a more passive sort of player, someone who gets in their alliance and just rides with it. But she has the, the wherewithal, the awareness to be like, you know what, this might not fit my personality necessarily, but I know I need to take those shots when I can or else I might regret it. And I love that mentality from her for sure. But, you know, after this marooning, we get right into that first opening challenge where they have to go collect paddles, row out, collect pieces to make a stick and grab a key and all that good stuff. But I think that obviously the highlight of this challenge was with the second group running out, they were given a opportunity to secure an advantage. And and I think Lindsay was the first one out there and she had to wait for the other players. They all had to discuss it. There's a lot to unpack here. First and foremost, you know, the general implementation of this twist into the challenge where three players, they all got to wait. They got to agree to do it together. And then they get the opportunity to lather each up with, you know, fake mud, fake, or I guess real mud, fake blood, all that good stuff, which I thought was hilarious. Yes. Um, so first let's, and then let's first talk about that. And then later we'll talk about the actual advantage itself. But what did you think about, we were, it was crazy. We were in, we were in watching the, we were at the viewing party and they run up and it's just, it's just a wild scene on Honestly, what, what were your thoughts? I loved it. I, I thought it's a great first picture into one, seeing how athletic people are um, and starting the game. I feel like one thing that people have been, you know, oh, 26 days as opposed to 39 days. I love it. Let's let get this popping now. And I love it because it is it. I, I just loved it. It's interesting for me, though, because I feel like Jonathan stands out for me in this because like this could have been worlds apart season because he was worlds apart from Daniel and Lori when they were running. And for me, I'm just like, wow, he's he's like. It's like a gladiator. Uh, like, okay, Keep sorry. It together, Bryce. It's like a Viking. Uh, but the first initial thing that I thought was like, he's a threat. No one else is even that like close in terms of athleticism. None. You know what I'm saying? Like if you or I were out there, we'd probably be the second most athletic guy. Oh, and third, like, fourth, I mean, but listen, I, but I'd be out there like, right. But like yeah. he. Legs it, of a runner. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I mean, I love how you got sidetracked back to Jonathan when I'm talking about the twist that he's not even a part of. <laughs> um, but that just was one thing that I just it just came to my mind was just like he needs to scale back a little bit because if he does not, he has to be yeah. if he makes it to the merge, yeah. you have to be the first to go. Like there's just no if ands or buts. But yeah. I love the idea that you have to now forge this three-way alliance. And it's mm. great. But now we know that, like, is it really a three-way alliance? Because yeah. It gets more powerful as people get eliminated. Yeah. So, yeah, first I wanted, I just want to discuss that whole moment where I, it was so funny. And I, I really love what Survivor did here by giving them those tools, you know, the mud, the fake but the blood. blood though, the they blood, give them, I, well, that's, here's the thing is they give them the resources and they sort of say like, hey, put this on yourself to come up with your story. But what I like about this whole thing is that I I don't think listening to survivor in this instance is actually the best way to go. I think a a smart player would be like, Hey, I'll put some mud on me. I'll talk to the other players. What's our story. You know, maybe we had to dig through a mud pit to find these pieces, but then you have the blood and sure it's really entertaining, but it doesn't really make sense. Like right. High covers himself in blood, but he doesn't have any cuts. Right. So, and, and, and Lindsay was like, oh, my God, you're bleeding. Are you OK? Yeah. And High was like, oh, yeah, I'm cut bad. I- yeah. Now, I, I'm guessing if I'm not, if I'm one of those people not over there and I see he's bleeding, I don't think my mind would be like, 
Survivor must have given them fake blood. Right. I'll be like, there's no way. But it's still just a little bit like it's something you got to cover up. So I think Survivor is giving them or I guess the producers, whatever, are giving them the resources to get creative and giving them different options about how to play it, which I really like. But like you said, this whole amulet advantage, which we didn't see in Survivor 41, I actually think thinking about it more is, is I really, really like the advantage because like you said, it off the rip, it forces kind of a three way alliance. But then the drawback is that it gets stronger if they go home. So do you choose to trust these people and use it together? Or do you want to cut someone's like cut someone's throat so that you get more of a benefit? So again, it's kind of that prisoner's dilemma idea that survivors been reinforcing through 41 and 42. But in this instance, it's not so blatant as like the ship's wheel decision. Right. It's not an in the moment decision. It's, it's, it's going to be a long-term thing that stays in play. And the players that have it are constantly going to have a na- have to navigate that decision, which I really, really like. It's an advantage. My favorite thing about the, some of the 41 advantages was that they had, you know, obviously getting an advantage. Uh, it has its it has its potential benefits and pros. But I loved how they started introducing risks and downsides to these advantages to really make players make decisions. Right. For me, my biggest gripe with some of the past seasons was, you know, how is so and so stumbling on an idol every other episode? Right. How is how are they just randomly finding a, a idol nullifier? What's the what's the downside? They're basically just being gifted with these advantages. Now you really have to make decisions that I think right. are going to. The best players are going to make amazing decisions. It's going to change their game for the better. And a bad player might alter, make a bad decision, and it could blow up their game. And I really, really like that. What do, what do you think? Well, I, I love what you just said is that, like, you know, uh, a good player can utilize it and beam off of it. Uh, somebody, a bad player could make a bad decision and mm-hmm. it affect their game. But the other piece of it that I feel like makes me think of Erica is the collateral damage that it opens up or the other people that maybe not aren't a part of it, but are now forced to have to deal with the fallout. And ultimately the fallout could literally hand you, not hand you, but it could literally shape you up for a million dollars. So I love the fact that it has to do with everyone, even though it might only deal with a select amount of people, it really does open the playing field up for someone that uh, could be a bystander and help you out. Or, I mean, ultimately it could hurt your game, but I love the, the ramifications of the fallout that mm-hmm. these challenges have. For me, it makes the virus so much more riveting and so much more. You gotta, you actually have to play the game with tech. Like you actually yeah. have to think three steps ahead, three mm-hmm. steps behind, and three steps to your left and three steps to your right. Now, now clap one time now. Take it back now, y'all. Two steps now. Two steps now. Slide to the left. Slide to the right. Ooh. Crisscross, everybody clap your hands. I love that. Um, okay, Jack with the little rhythm. Okay, yeah, come on, come on. I mean, there's a little delay on the Zoom, so uh, no. But like you said, I, I do think this is the type of advantage that at some point it's going to get out to the other players, right? Because if High or yep. Drea want to make or Lindsay want to make a move, they got to be like, all right, this person has this. Like we got to make. So then it's going to, like you said, it's going to impact everybody else, whether like very obviously or subtly. So I'm really excited to see how this advantage works out. It's probably one of my favorites in recent memory. And I love the way they implemented it in the challenge. It was such a fun scene. Uh, and like I said, just generally, I love that they're giving players kind of the creative ability to do things and see where people take it, where the good players are going to make it potentially win them a million dollars and a bad player might mess it up and, and lose the game because of it. I think that's, you know, the best sort of advantage on Survivor. Right. And then real quick, just Daniel's shoulder. I was about to say, yeah. 
So I had an experience, you, you know, those indoor like flying simulators where like kind of like not skydive, but you like, yes, like, yeah, fly, yeah, yeah. Like the skydives, like right. the eye, yeah. the eye sky or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. Like two years ago around Christmas time, me and my oh, sister boy. and a couple of my coworkers, I don't know if I told you the story or I might have. And we so. went and I was so excited and I paid an extra $40 to go like the high, high. And so we're like in the class. You know, I'm excited. I get in there. And of course, like, you know, they're like, keep your head up. You know, I'm like, and uh, next thing I know, I'm all like, oh, my shoulder goes. Plank, and I'm oh, like, and, oh. And it's my, just flapping in the it wind. Literally, it's like, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. My adrenaline is running. So, like, uh, I think it's over. And mind you, you know, everyone is like looking at you. So I'm like visibly injured. I'm like, oh, my shoulder's out. And then yeah. I paid for the high one. So I was supposed to go again. And I gave it to someone else. And literally, like, I got out the thing. And I was just like, oh, my God, my shoulder's out. So I, like, went up to one of the staff members. And I was like, my shoulder's out. You think someone could pop it back in? They're like, no, but we can call 911 and have an ambulance come for you. I was like, no. I literally drove myself to the hospital with one arm. And they popped it back in. Oh, my God. So ever since then, like, if I'm ever, like, working out or doing anything, I have to be so careful. Because sometimes I literally can yeah it it could it's like it's worse as time goes yeah i literally could be grabbing for a pen and i could be like oh so like oh and to see daniel like after his when we don't know that his shoulder even came out then Mm -hmm. when you see him like go onto the boat and you just see the limpness in his arm but he still did the challenge then came oh my gosh shout out he's a beast yeah he was a a trooper for sure and i love his story too like his his whole surviving leukemia and you know survivor being something he like kind of rested upon and right. used to kind of power him through. Was, there's so many contestants this season with amazing stories. And we'll get more into that, but about a thousand percent. And that's also something that I just love about these last two seasons of Survivor is that like it's almost going back to the original Survivor when you get to see these people's mm-hmm. stories, when you mm-hmm. get to hear like their background, when you get to like see what really makes them a survivor. And that was one of the things in the diversity initiative that like people like myself, Wendell Jatia, Julia Hart, Taylor, Jamal Shipman, Sabrina, Tom Mitchell and uh, Ramona really, we wanted better stories. Like not even just about people of color, but like tell better stories, give it and give, stop giving us these one dimensional characters. Like stop cast typing people, stop putting people into these tropes. And I just have to commend CBS for doing such a great job of whether you like a character, whether you not like a person or not, but just being able to see their whole story for me is just so powerful and it makes watching Survivor so much better for myself. Yeah. I'm sure for everybody. Yeah. I mean, and just in general, I think the editing this episode is really great. I saw everyone had at least two confessionals, which is a very rare thing. Like a lot of premieres, people get zero confessionals. Sometimes they'll have zero confessionals for several episodes. So I feel like we got a, a taste of everyone's you know backstory this episode, which was a lot of fun. But back to the marooning, Daniel suffers through the, the injury. The blue tribe ends up winning. And so orange and green have to head back to camp where they're faced with this dilemma that we saw in season 41, the sweat or savvy dilemma. It's a little bit different this season. Last season, the sweat option had, you could have two people do it. And for the savvy option, you only had one guess this season. Those are kind of flipped where the savvy option, you get two guesses and the sweat option. You only have one person who can attempt it, which I think is a pretty big difference. And obviously we see this season, both tribes go for the savvy option. Bryce, what do you just think? We don't have to get too far into it, but what do you think of that sort of sweat versus savvy dilemma? Like what, if you were out there, what would your thought process be? Uh, my thought process would be, I don't want to put anyone out there to have to do that sweat process. 
And I honestly feel like if I were out there, I probably would get picked to do that. Not that I'm like the strongest, but for me, it's my endurance. Yeah. And it, it could be a, a positive and it could be a negative because it's like you're seen as strong for your tribe. But then also, and it's these crucial first days, these first minutes, these first hours of connecting with people is really important to building relationships. I think about last season with uh, Deshaun and Danny, how doing that together, it looked like it only gave the option this season for one person to do it. But yeah, we, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. But And we see how like, Danny and Deshaun, they they kind of sort of built their brotherhood on that, and they went to look for an idol, and we see how yeah. Nasir used it to target them, even though yeah. he was with them, that he wasn't with them, so like, yeah, I I would definitely be like Mike and stray away from that and mm-hmm. go right to the triangle quiz, because yeah, we ain't I, I we ain't doing that. I was gonna say, I, I think it was a very underrated move on Mike's part to identify that if they did do the sweat, he would be the one to have to do it, and for someone, and for him, it's like, it's just a lose, 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 lose. Like, A, you're going to wear yourself out like a lot by doing that. And that's going to affect you at the start of the game. That's going to affect you at the first challenge. Um, it's just a bad way to start off the game to just kind of deplete yourself on day one. Because that would have been really difficult, honestly. And if he fails it, then the whole tribe is like, like, come on, dude. And right. it's just like, yeah. And you're separating yourself from everybody else. So obviously they're going to start talking, forming relationships. And those first four hours of relationship building are really, really important. Like you might, that's like, like you said on last season, that's where, you know, Deshaun and Danny immediately clicked. Even Xander and Vocek had a very fast bond from doing that challenge. Now, if you're doing it alone, then everyone else is hanging out and you're just suffering. Like, I think if I'm in Mike's position, I'd rather do the savvy and even like, and lose it than even do the the sweat because I'd rather not have supplies and be miserable with everybody else than to miss out on that valuable socialization and just general, like, you know, well-being because you'd get so tired from the sweat. So I thought the savvy was really interesting. It was interesting to see them solve this triangle puzzle. So it was pretty confusing. One. It was it was hilarious when, like, the orange tribe, Jonathan, was like, all right, I got 11. And then over on the green tribe, everyone but Jenny is, after, like, 30 seconds, like, all right, should we compare answers and, like, make a guess? <laughs> and Jenny's like, hold on. like, <laughs> And it's, it's, she's, like, explaining it like a teacher, and everyone's like, Oh, oh. <laughs> so, Jonathan's, Jonathan's still like, but I gotta love him. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, good on Jonathan to be like, all right, this is yeah. not my strong suit. I'm it's gonna right later. Post today on Jonathan. I got this, baby boy. Yeah. I got it. But they both end up getting the savvy question right, which was really impressive. So they win some supplies for their camp. I think they get a machete, a flint. Uh, I think they get. Mm-hmm. So that was super solid. I don't. I don't love. You know them using the same twist as last season completely, but one thing I really do like is how we're going to see players interact with the same twists right. in a different way. So here, last season, they both did sweat, and we kind of were sitting there wondering, you know, what would have happened if they did savvy, and then that happens this season, and we get to see the puzzle shake out. And I guess good on the producers for making those tweaks so that it's more people players are more incentivized to right. savvy, so we get to see what happens. And yeah, after that, we just get uh, I guess a lot of camp life scenes. Prior to the summit that Marianne, Drea, and Jenny go on. But, you know, Bryce, from those early camp life scenes, we talked a little, about, a little bit with the Blue Tribe with, you know, Roxroy building the shelter, the younger players, Swati, Zach, Corey, singing the Survivor theme song and getting coconuts. Um, did you see anything from the Orange Tribe or the Green Tribe that really stuck out to you early on? Um, it seemed like uh, the tribe that Mike is on, the Green Tribe, it mm-hmm. seemed like they gelled really well. Like, it seemed like it was hard for me to, because whenever I'm watching Survivor, I, I, I am always like, where is the crack? 
who is the who's the person who do you think like I'm always trying to be like one step ahead should have been like Daniel Kagiyan but now as a viewer yeah. I am just constantly watching and seeing and it's just so interesting just to see like how again I'm talking diversity how everyone is just so different and I mean I'll say it like you know or sometimes on some season it tends to be like you know uh, a lot of the people like a lot of like maybe if it's too heterosexual white men too blonde like they're like there seem to be, but I, I love the fact that there there is really no physical pre-established. Con, right pre-established yeah. like and you know it's it's really relationship building. It's really like I loved how one of the tribes went around and said like my name like you know it's like the first day of, like school which I used to yeah. hate those icebreakers. Tell us your name and something that's fun about you and what you did for the summer. Like yeah, you know yeah. I I hated that in class, but. I love it in Survivor because it's like, I just love to get to see the interactions. But I, the, the one thing that I noted was that it seemed like a lot of people had very strong bonds. However, for me, I felt like the tribe that had like the most breaks in it was the blue tribe. But not only did it have like cracks, but for me, I felt like it had cracks and then the cracks had cracks and the yeah. cracks and the cracks had cracks. So it was just like interesting. But I, as a fan, I always love like the first three episodes. I'm always obsessed mm. with. I really feel like they survivors should make something like Big Brother S, not maybe air during while the season is. But I would just love like more raw, like that has nothing really to do with the game, but just yeah. more just see how things start off footage, like camp yeah, life. of yeah. the camp life. Because I honestly have to say, like some of the best times and the best laughs that I have ever had in my life. Is like laying in the camp next to Jeffra, Alexis, and talking to Jeremiah. Like yeah. we would like just crack mm-hmm. up at like stories and things like that. And I get it; it's an hour show or a ninety-minute show, um, and they can only show but so much. But like, yeah. I, it I would just, be great, yeah, to see all that going on. Like, I mean, there's just there's got to be so many hilarious moments that we miss out on, and <laughs> it just adds more and more to people's stories. But I agree with you. I think the Blue Tribe. Uh, if we're making comparisons to Forty One, I think they're going to be kind of the, the ooh of the group, uh, like. One, there's a, there's a lot, there's a, it's a bit messy. There's a lot of big personalities and honestly, their tribe, kind of the weakest tribe. I feel like, I mean, you have uh Roxroy who's, you know, an somewhat old, you know, father. Uh, and then you have Romeo and Zach for the guys who combined weigh like 200 pounds going up against Jonathan. It's like, what, how are they going to win? And yeah. then, you know, the girl, the, the blue has some girls on their, their squad for sure. You know, Drea, Swati, Tori, all kind of, you know, pretty athletic girls. But right. girls in general this season, there's a lot of athletes. So I think that that difference in strength between the guys could really be tough, especially, you know, with this season being touted as, you know, a really tough season. A lot of those challenges are going to be super physical where Jonathan's just going to be dragging them around. So I, I definitely could see Blue going to several tribals, but it was definitely there's it it's really, really fun, like you said, at the beginning of the season to just see them interact for the first time and get to know these personalities and, and just just see how things kick off. Um, and then so soon after that, we have a summit like we did in 41. Uh, Jeff comes and says that each group needs to select someone to go uh, on a little journey, I guess you would call it. Uh, and we end up getting Marianne, Drea, and Jenny. The setup, like I said, same as kind of 41, so we don't need to dive too, too much into it. But, you know, they get to the ship's wheel where they have this sort of prisoner's dilemma decision and Drea and Marianne both pick to risk their vote. Whereas uh, Jenny, I think was very perceptive. Mm-hmm. So Drea and Marianne both kind of looked at themselves and said, 
what's good for me? You know, what, what do I want? Jenny was like, based on my limited knowledge of these other two ladies, like, I think they're going to risk their vote. So my best move is to keep my vote or else we're all just going to lose it. And so I thought that was really smart from Jenny. You always love to see players take risks in Survivor, but when you make a calculated decision to do something safe and it's the correct decision, I always think that deserves some like a round of applause. So it was a lot of fun to see them make that decision in, in comparison to the last season. But did you have any thoughts on that whole summit? I, I loved it. I thought Jenny made such a smart decision. And like you said, I, I feel like it was a safe move, but a solid move. I feel like the one concern that I got was I, I loved Marianne's decision. I thought Marianne was like, I, people are not going to expect me to play like this and past players yep. normally play it safe. I'm not. The one concern that I got was from Drea. I don't know in this moment, like it was the part when she was just like, um, I don't know these, I don't know these people like, you know, and I just got nervous with her already having the alliance yeah. and an advantage. And now it's like, now don't get me wrong. She's like playing a very strong and very forward game. But I, I it, it just gave me a slight pause to be like, sis, you just adding up a lot quickly. And there's a lot that comes with it because, yeah, there's just a lot that comes with it. Yeah. And that just makes me nervous because I don't know. It, it just, I, just made me nervous. Now it could pay off in the yeah. end, but I also could see it like possibly like blowing up for her. Mm. And what I'm curious to see, and, and we didn't, see, maybe we'll see it next episode. We saw it in 41 is how each of the players explained to their tribe what was at the summit. We didn't right. see anything like that. We didn't see their story. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see if that is a factor. I'm guessing since they didn't show it, maybe no one's super suspicious, which is good, I guess, for all three of the, the women. But it's always, it's always interesting to see how that shakes out. And like you said, Dre and I with two advantages in the first episode, uh, it could really help her. It could really hurt her. I do want to ask Bryce, you know, there's so many ways to think about if, I, if I'm in one of those players shoes, there's a lot of different ways to decide whether you want to risk your vote or protect your vote. Just in your mindset, if you're going in there with a new group of people, uh, two other people you just met. Obviously, it varies a lot, but what are some sort of factors that would would go into your decision whether you want to risk your vote or protect your vote? I think that it would a lot of it. A lot of my mind would be less about the people that I'm at the summit with and more of my standing in the actual Mm. tribe. One, if I agreed to go one, if they told me I had to go one, if I feel like I have a close alliance or if I feel like I'm on the outs, I am. Leaning towards thinking that if I am feeling more safe, if I am feeling more like trusting, I'm probably going to play it safe only because I I want to be able to communicate the actual truth back to my tribe and be able to deliver to them and say, like, this was the options and I chose not. Although Just, the issue with that is you could say that, but you still don't have not, anything to show for right. it. Yeah. You, you don't. But I, I, I still think that there is something in consistency and, and telling a true story and, and like, you know, spitting the facts over and over again. I feel yeah. like if I were to have to lie, I feel mm-hmm. like depending on my you, right, yeah. I might mess my like I might I add something. So. Uh, I definitely feel like if I was feeling more like my back was against the wall. And again, maybe this is part of my survivor dilemma is that I should be trying to push the the envelope regardless if I'm feeling comfortable or not. But I'm just being honest in the sense of like, if I felt like I was not connecting with people, if I felt like I, I probably would risk it more. Yeah, of course. I think you want to take your read of the other people you're at the summit with into play, right? Like Jenny did. You never want to have a situation where you guys all risk your vote and then. But see, that was another thing that I, I thought of. Like, if I were Jenny, like, 
because she could have actually effed them up and like knowing that they would do it, risk it so that none of them would get their but vote. Then like, she, but she loses yeah, her thing. I mean, I, I, yeah, but it is an interesting like mentality since it's so early. I don't think it matters. But like down the line, say you're there with two of your enemies and you're right. like, maybe it's more beneficial for me to mess them up both and lose my vote than for them to both get an extra vote. Right. And me lose. So. I guess my mentality, like you said, would be a lot of where do I stand in my tribe? I think if I'm feeling either really good or really bad, I think you want to risk your vote. Because if you know the vote's going to be kind of like, say I'm on my tribe and there's like an obvious person that I feel like everyone's going to want to target, then it doesn't really matter if I have my vote or not. If it's a unanimous vote, my vote might not even get shown at the tribal. So then I think it's a good idea to try to risk your vote. But say you're in a tribe where it's kind of like a 3 3 split and you're worried that. Well, and that's sort of, I think that's the instance where the decision's so close because if you protect your vote, it could be really crucial to, to swing the numbers on your tribe. But if you think you could risk your vote and get away with it, then you're getting an extra vote that might give you the advantage in your tribe with the numbers. So there's a lot to think about. And then there's also one thing I sort of thought about if you're thinking about kind of like game theory or, or the kind of the, the cost benefits of, you know, what either decision, say like, Keeping your vote, call that like a zero, like an equal payoff. Like you're not gaining anything, you're not losing anything. If you lose your vote, it's kind of like a negative one. Like right. you're, you're you're getting a negative one. And then if you if you gain an extra vote, it's kind of like you're 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 getting like a plus one. But I do also think there's sort of a factor that makes it a little bit more beneficial than it is negative because you have that secret element of like surprise, right? Like having an extra vote, like everyone knows you have one vote at tribal, so they're 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 counting that, they're factoring that in. Once you have the extra vote, they don't know about it. So it has a little bit more power because players can't really work around that. So I do think just in general, you want to try to get that extra vote. But like you were saying, it really does depend on where you're at in the tribe. And I also think, you know, the players that kind of volunteer to go on this expedition are kind of probably more risk taking players because they're down to do something kind of unknown. And so I guess that they're more likely to then go for that, you know, risk your vote as would I be. I I, I think I would be too. Like, yeah. I, if you I was on your vote either way, Jake, you, you like. probably, probably, but I think, yeah, I'm usually risking my vote, but it is, um, I think that's also just an, such an exciting thing. Cause then it's like, even if you lose your vote, that's a story and that's exciting. Right. And as a survivor fan, I want to see what happens in these, in, in all these different situations. And for me, it's just like not risking your vote a little bit boring, but definitely sometimes. But, a lot I mean, yeah. And almost when you think about it and you think about getting to the end, and you think about your story, like you said, it, it could be beneficial to lose your vote to then if you make it to the end yes. to like be able to just kind of like hype your story up. Yeah. But I also just thought of something like I think the twist and maybe maybe they did, maybe they didn't and they edited it out. But I felt like last season the people got to come back together and say, like, did you risk it? Did you not risk it? And then like because remember, Tiffany got back to her camp. And I felt yeah. like everyone said that they did not risk it. And then. Well, I think that was a different. That was when they went on the boat to like the, the nighttime. Um, one, you know, where they got to talk to each other beforehand. Oh, OK, OK. okay. Um, sorry. But sorry. I, I do. There, there was. And then, I mean, aside from even last season, aside from the first time, there was definitely a lot of times where the players knew about it. So before, like we saw with Shannon, um, Liana. Shan was like, Shan was like, you know what? I already have my advantages. Like you, you risk your vote and get this advantage. And she got the, the advantage stealer. So there's definitely, I think that's kind of the downside with this is that if people figure out and you, know, you can kind of plan beforehand and then it's not really a, a decision, but 
it was fun to watch how it played out this season. And no, cool for that sure. Drea and Marianne, who are two exciting players in my book, now they have an extra vote, and it was cool to see Jenny make a smart decision. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I, I'm, I, I love Marianne. I am getting to love Drea, but I think I'm obsessed with Jenny. I, I it's something about her. First of all, she's athletic as hell. Mm-hmm. She clearly smart. is smart, yeah. and clearly she is perceptive. Like, I mm-hmm. like. Jenny is blowing me away uh, a thousand percent. And I just, again, seeing a strong uh, Asian female, something that we have not seen in such a long, like, it's just like so many surprises in the diversity. I just love also just kind of the summit makes me sad when I think about it is because then we get to the Jackson story, had me balling my eyes out. Like, you know, just uh, first of all, representation, 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 a trans man, on television and prime time, uh, just being so authentic, yeah. bearing his vulnerabilities that like, you know, and just, uh, I don't want to get emotional talking about it, but just, you know, hearing him talk about how 40 years didn't like, it though, and just like, you know, it just is so empowering to know for anyone going through anything that no matter how long that you are struggling with something, no matter like, you know, it's always like the next day to try like it's it's yeah. it, it, you can, you can always do it and like to know that like here Jackson is on Survivor living in his truth uh just his story alone was amazing um yeah. love the way he revealed himself to the the tribe with the story at night um and just about his mom losing his mother and it, the, the most powerful thing was that um he shared like you know he had to step away from his family for his transition which a lot of trans people have to do because mm-hmm. their families just don't accept them. His mother got sick and he came back around and, and decided to be his mother's caretaker and got a relationship with his father and his partner was able to form a relationship. And, you know, ultimately his mom died. Uh, but the, the silver lining and in, in which some people could choose to be sad and to mourn and the fact that he was just so powerful enough to see that, like, this was the divine reason mom got sick so that I could come home for her to get to know me and for you and I, him, him and his father to have a relate, like that's just, that issue was just so powerful. And it just makes me think about a lot of people that are going through tough times, whether it be their sexual identity, whether it be relationships, whether it be work, sometimes when we're in the midst of like our storm, we don't know what the reason is for. Uh, but when we get to the other side, we know that everything was meant for a reason. So I just can't say enough about Jackson. And I was ultimately sad to see Jackson go. I, I was pulling a Jack at our last event. Jack was in the quarter crying. I don't know me, what you're talking about. <laughs> me, I was in the middle of our uh, event. Like tears just coming down my eyes because I was so sad. You can, you want to explain like what happened? Yeah. So I, I totally agree with everything. I mean, his story was just absolutely amazing. Uh, not only his transition, but then also going back, taking care of his mother, uh, building that relationship with his father. Hands down, it's an amazing story. Unfortunately, it was a little bit overshadowed by, I guess what boils down to kind of just a mistake on his part, but I think it's a mistake that a lot of people would make. Jeff, they talk about it. And I also loved his openness as he was talking about this with Jeff, because he kind of, it kind of touches on the mental health side of things, which is also really important to be open and honest about. Uh, and I think Jackson really put on a great display of, of being able to talk about things openly and, and really, I forget, I, I forget exactly what his exact words were, but he's like, you know, talking about these things is important because that's how they, that's how people 
come to understand them more and, and get better at handling them. So unfortunately, though, the summation of the situation was that Jackson was on um, lithium to help him with mental anxiety health reasons, and sleep, anxiety, yeah. sleep, um, and was hoping to wane off of it before uh, coming out to Survivor. And his his partner, who's a nurse, said that he should be able to. Lithium is a, is a very strong drug, from what I'm aware of. And so if you're dehydrated or hungry or, or exhausted or whatever, it could have really adverse side effects. So, you know, playing Survivor while on lithium when you're not drinking much water and you're not eating much, you're probably going to have some bad side effects and probably shouldn't play Survivor. Jackson didn't disclose this information because he was hoping to be off of it by the time that the show started and, and didn't want to kind of like, I guess, have the producers worry about him and cut him or whatever, which I think is a very reasonable fear. But unfortunately, he doesn't disclose this medical information until the day before filming starts. And Bryce, apparently, uh, I saw a lot of people saying, you know, you know, when they found this out, why didn't they just put an alternate in the game instead of Jackson? And why did they let him go out there? Apparently, he let them know the same day that an alternate flew back home. So there was no one left to replace him. Um, so I will say not not the best move on his part. Um I totally, relatable because I totally I'm understand there, where I'm he's like, coming. I'm playing Survivor. I'm, I like you know. I'm yeah, I totally I, understand where he's coming from. Um, but it's definitely a shame. You know, there's an alternate out there who flew home that same day. Who was probably like, you know, if he could have disclosed this information, I would have had the chance to play Survivor. Um, but not can't really blame him. And I think Jeff handled it super well. I think he handled it super well. I will say, kind of the the light and the darkness of that moment was Jeff being like unfortunately jack like we are going and then marianne is just like no jackson out of nowhere jeff is just like whoa okay i'm not laughing because i love marianne but baby when jeff is talking to jackson and like mind you you can see visibly marianne's uh like you know like and again makes me just love her because it's like you know you might have only met this person 48 hours ago but the love that Marianne has to play Survivor, I feel like she gives that grace to other people. So I feel like in that yeah. moment, like it was almost like she was going. So mind you, so one, Marianne made me cry, and Marianne also just made me like crack up. Because I know, it was it's like, so funny. Sis, like who ran over your childhood dog? Like yeah, who she's, like <laughs> she's so emotional, and it's like it's you love it because it's so endearing because she's so passionate, but it's also like but it is so but funny. It's just like, it's, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And she's so expressive too. Yeah. So that was just pretty hilarious. But yeah, unfortunately, Jackson gets pulled from the game. And then we go into this immunity challenge, which is really a grueling challenge. But wait, 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 wait. Reverse. Hold on. Reverse. <laughs> I feel like I've seen this challenge before. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. We get into this challenge, which super difficult challenge and obviously was meant for six people each. Now it's down to five people, which makes it even tougher. But Bryce, this is very reminiscent of the challenge that the first challenge of season 28, Kageyan, where now there's a water element, but you have to collect chests that have puzzle pieces in. I guess in your season, you had to drag the chests, you know, on a wheelbarrow through the sand, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the jump and get keys and your baby yeah, you boy was climbing up the... Over and under gates and everything. Here, they're just out in the water. You had to get them out of the water into your boat super, and then carry them up the beach, unlock the chests, and solve this circular puzzle with some dragons on it. Did you solve um, the puzzle? What's up? Did you, could you solve the puzzle? I mean... 
probably faster than Zach. Did, oh. but, uh, I don't know. It, it, I, I, I'm decent with some puzzles. I don't know if this would be my best puzzle. I don't think I'd volunteer for this one, okay. but I think we do okay. But it's it's definitely tough, especially like you said earlier. You after you're hauling ass the whole challenge, you're gas, and just like I can imagine looking at. It's like after a tough workout at the gym, which I rarely do, but you're just like, oh, your brain is yeah. just like, oh. And then to look at the pieces and try to be like, I don't, I don't know what, what's going yeah. on. So, yeah, it's a, it was definitely a hell of a challenge. It was a, it was a really fun way to open off the season. Crazy. It just seemed like those chests were heavy as F. Oh, yeah. And it was like when I think Rox Royce, one fell in the water. I was like, oh, there, it's definitely giving me reminiscent of Brains Tribe from Kageon. <laughs> yeah. But like, it just was like, oh, those Johns, but not Jackson, just jo- like from like five feet away, jumping off the boat. Jonathan. Yeah. I jumping mean, off just, the But shout insane. out to Lindsay, though, because Lindsay was like, okay, you think you could do it? You, If you could do it, I could do it better. Mm-hmm. Lindsay went like, boom. I said, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Lindsay's a beast. I, it was definitely a very impressive challenge, and the puzzle was it's a super cool puzzle. Uh, Orange ends up finishing up first in, in winning immunity, followed by the Green Tribe. Uh, and so Swati and, and Zach can get done for the Blue Tribe. And so now we're heading back to camp, and they have a, a looming tribal. Uh, there's a, Yeah, it's sort of the dynamics we saw going on earlier now all coming into play because now they have to vote someone out. Yeah, and it uh, and it seems like Zach has put himself in such a sticky situation because obviously Zach is such a super fan. He loves the show. Um, and when I did It's a Look with the baby boy Robert, I felt like Zach had the quintessential uh, survivor pose. And you know, for me, it almost was. Wait, what was his pose? Can you hit me with a? And, and I, I think it, it was. It wasn't the Xander pose. I think Zach's pose was like the the like or it. I, I can't remember, but. Let's let's reel in some it's a look into the and if you guys haven't checked it out yet, it's a look with Rob Sester Nino and Bryce Isaiah. But if I was going out on Survivor, Bryce, can can you give me some it's a look inspiration? Uh yes, Jack. First of all, we're gonna want you in some so I mean t-shirt, I feel like you in some like khaki jeans. Oh. Like so, you know, very much. And I will want you to make sure your feet are tucked into the sand. Okay. Okay. That's I'm gonna want man. Talking to men, I'm gonna want you to give me that window, <laughs> that window pose. Okay, say, but no, no thumbs, no thumbs. Put your thumbs, yes, no thumbs. And I want you to give me you the smirk, smile, like, but that, like, but a little confidence, so sassy, like, you know, like a yeah, that now that that baby boy, oh. that that's that's right All there. Right. That's the window pose. I'm gonna break that out. I was so, thinking maybe I was thinking maybe like a <laughs> Could you imagine your your phone you just like throwing it back? <laughs> For those Bryce, can you let the, the people not watching the YouTube know what I just pulled out? Uh, listen, Jack just did a little twerk. Yeah. A, a, a twerk knot. But okay, not Jack doing <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. But, oh, Jack, hey. I, you, Jack, I've been influencing you too much. Um, yeah. So, Zach, to me, just the quintessential survivor look. But for me, is oh, and mind you, you would look good in a three-quarter length shirt, Jack. What's that mean? You know, the shirts, they're like the baseball shirts that stop at your arms. Like oh. you with some khakis, some fire Nike kicks, probably Ooh. your kicks that you always, always yeah. wear. They would be in like a three-quarter length shirt. Baby boy would oh, be out there oh. killing it. 
my stylist, Bryce Isaiah. Got you. So it was just worrisome for me because I like I I sensed that Zach was such a super fan. And Mm -hmm. I sometimes I feel like the super fans they too strong. Not not that they're not too strong, but they feel like out too strong. Is that it's just that their knowledge of their the knowledge of the game, they put too much stress on the knowledge of the game Mm -hmm. and not actually like taking into consideration the physical demands and the social demands that like, you know, when you get out there, it's yeah. not like TV. I'll never forget when I got out there and I was like first alone with like Jeffra LJ, Jeremiah Morgan. Like I remember I turned to Jeffra and I was like, hi, my name's Bryce. And Jeffra just turned around and was like talking to LJ. Like it was like it, you, you think it will go one way, but you are just never prepared for like how it actually will be. And I think yeah. that that is what caught him apart. We see that Zach was kind of like struggling with making alliances. And here we are thinking him and Tori are smart when Tori is going off looking for like some like Hong Kong type of something to eat. And mm. people are saying, oh, she might got the idol. And here Zach is thinking like, I'm extending a olive branch. Her saying, oh, Drea. But it also interests me, why out of all of the people that he just chose to target Drea was interesting to me. Um, and Although I will say in that scene, it did seem like Drea was the one sort of steering it a little bit. So I guess if you had to put a name to the. uh, Right. But from what I have learned uh, from watching and being a player, it is better to give the assumption and not drop a name because then you're not liable. And then like, you know, it still leaves you open to like now Drea, the second she hear that, you got to go. As yeah. opposed to you going yeah. back to being like, I, I just said that we were talking. I never said a name. I, like it, it just leaves you a little bit a more open. Or I guess alternatively, you could sort of Can I say nothing. Hit it. Hit it. I uh, no, I think that I think you're exactly right. I I do also think. I guess I was saying, oh, he, well, he did that because Dre was kind of leading it. But maybe you say, well, it was Roxroy. Maybe it's someone you, you throw out someone you want to target more because, like, why throw out Dre? Because at this point, Dre is pretty well connected. Doesn't even seem like Zach wants to target her. So what are you really doing by dropping her name? Right. And, and that's, and, and again, that's some of the, the, the mistakes that I feel like super fans will make because it's like you watch it, you know, but again, it's, yeah. it's the trickle down, it's the trickle down effect. And so we see that now and shout out to Tori because listen, she, I, at first I thought like, what a bad move of hers to go be like, I know you guys are like talking about the idol and I just want to say I don't have it. I thought that was just a bad move in general. Like I wouldn't have done that. Uh, but weird. But it Squats worked out in her favor. Yeah. It, it worked out in her favor. And again, those are and a kudos to her for pulling Drea aside and saying like, let's have this conversation again. Mm-hmm. Taking me back to Kagian, there were so many times I wanted to have a conversation with Alexis. So many times I wanted to have a conversation with Drea, but I just did not. I didn't like go with straight. Drea. To- I mean, <laughs> she was there. With, with like L, with LJ, Jeremiah? No, Jonathan. Jonathan was Whoa. there too. <laughs> no, but there are so many times, right, that I could have went to the source and look at what Tori being in the uh, a therapist, going directly to the source, speaking her truth, and mm-hmm. then e- even though the target was not on her back, they were able to come up with someone. Um, yeah. It kind of was on her back though. So she she... Help, she turned an enemy into kind of a friend at that point. And I, an ally. I, dare, yeah. dare I say an ally. Yeah, and I guess that's honestly, it's not always going to work, but it's not a bad idea to just like come clean with it, 
go straight to the source, like you said, and be like, because if you go straight to the source and, and, and open up yourself, the other person should be like, all right, like they didn't talk shit about me behind my back. They weren't strategizing against me. They just came to try to make amends. So right. clearly they want to work with me. So I guess we're cool. Um, and, and I love the way Tori did it in front of everyone. She didn't necessarily say Zach's name. It made this tension. And then when they went to talk, you got Romeo being like, well, whoever said it, can y'all say something? So we know like it just created the yes. perfect storm for Tori uh, yes. to kind of like maneuver it. However, interesting to me was that Dre was a beast. We said she a beast. And like, you know, as she's talking to Tori, she's like, you know, rocks did nothing. He's got to go. And that was like so surprising to me because I'm just like, rocks, really? Like. I, I I don't understand that. And so I thought it was so interesting when she went to Romeo and Romeo immediately was like, no, like, first of all, girl, we just made an alliance two days ago. Yeah, so one, yeah. number one, like I, in Romeo head, like, I can't trust you, Drea. But I was like, let me find out Drea and Romeo are about to be the Shan and Ricard yeah. of 42. There's definitely some comparisons there. And I thought it was really solid of Romeo because it's like, even if Rockstar is kind of annoying, even if he is not the best in challenges, if you have him in your numbers, if you're Romeo and Drea, take out someone who's not say Juliet. No, it, <laughs> if you're Romeo and Juliet, uh, Drea, Drea, uh, um, then keep them around for a vote or two to make sure you keep the numbers. I think that's a mistake people make a lot of the time when, you know, they, they might not be vibing with someone. But in reality, they're in their pockets. So keep yeah, them around until and, you don't need them. Right. But and uh, if rocks is that like frustrating to other people, that's even more of a yeah. reason. Because everyone's going to keep targeting him. And then it keeps it. It's a shield for you. Yeah. Um. So, no, I thought Romeo's I think Romeo's in, in this tribe is positioned super well. And then we see Swati, too. I think she subtly is able to push the target onto Zach a little bit more. Um, which is which is smart of her. And I'm mad. I, I feel like, dang, sis, she should have been working with him, but she was doing a puzzle with him. And at that point, the ultimate goal of Survivor is to win a million dollars. But day to day, the goal is get to the next day. And I think that that was my Achilles heel. And ultimately, my Survivor playbook was that I could not get over uh, the fact of hearing my name that I forgot to say like, cause now Spicy Bricey came out and now I'm ready to fight. Now I'm ready yeah. to like get it popping. And I forgot the task was get to the next day. And at any point in time, you might have to trade on your alliance. You might have to, sometimes there are those points in Survivor, but listen, mm -hmm. you have to live to see a next day to strategize or to figure it out. And so yeah. I was mad at Swatsky at first, but in my replay, I was like, you know what? She did what I couldn't do, and that was get yeah. to the next day. And it, we, we see small scenes. Uh, we didn't see a ton of Swati, but throughout the Blue Tribes kind of camp footage, it does seem like she has a good relationship with Romeo. It seems like she has a good relationship with Roxbury. We get that scene where Roxbury is like, girl, like you got to wash your shoe. Like, very loving, <laughs> very loving. And so for her, it seems like she might be in a good position with that squad. Uh, and so getting as, I guess for her, it's just, you know, do I want to get Zach out or Tori out? And you know, maybe she and Tori have more of a connection being younger, younger women. Um, so it seems like Swati did a good job of handling it and, and subtly kind of helping influence the boat in Zach's direction. Although Romeo wanted to keep his fellow skinny king around. <laughs> um, but again, I think Romeo's in a good enough spot that it sucks to lose Zach for him. But I, I, it's good of him not to push too hard. Right, right. I think he's still in a great position. Um, 
Also, real quick, I don't know if you knew this, but Tori was on a, a live season of Sequester. I don't know. Oh. If you're aware of that. So she was on. She was on there. If you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. I think it's Sequester season two. It's a lot of fun. But yes, it was very cool as someone who uh, a, a couple friends of mine have been on Sequester to see someone from that community now be on the show, which is pretty, which is pretty dope. Um, know a thing now, or two about Sequester. Too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but now we're heading over to Tribal. Um, it's it's not the, the craziest tribal, but it's it's definitely a bit of a debate between Zach and Tori defending themselves. Uh, I got to call out real quick. Roxway was rocking the Rex specs. Uh, I thought it was so funny. Uh, I mean, shout out to him. I guess if, we, if you were trying to see Jeff, you know, loud and clear, you want some athletic wear, you know, you don't want to mess up your real glasses. But I was like, the whole, he just looks so, <laughs> he just looked, I'm trying to see if I have any. He just looks so different. <laughs> and, and his eyes, it made his eyes like a little bit bigger. I felt like too. I was like, yeah, we got, I just, I, I was like, this was a, <laughs> you look like a psycho. You with those. But I was like, Roxway with the fashion, with the Rex specs. Um, I hope those come back in the future. But other than that, yeah, I mean, this tribal, like it, kind of what we touched on about back at camp, it was just Zach and, and Tori going at it a little bit. Um, it seemed like the decision was kind of made beforehand. Uh, Zach, I, I, I guess, you know, Zach ends up playing his shot in the dark, which I think is a good call. But I guess before we get to, you know, the outcome of the vote, what did you have any particular thoughts on this tribal? Um, no, I just, for me, it was just sad because I felt like, you know, the writing was on the wall and I felt like, as much as I love Zach, I don't feel like he did much of a disservice. He did uh, he, he he did a disservice to himself and tribal. Like, again, we don't really know. I mean, the votes were in. But I, I, again, I, I feel like at tribal, sometimes it's hell Mary time. Like, and I, I feel like I don't know. I, I just I don't think he did much of a disservice. He did a disservice to himself at tribal. Yeah. I feel like he like, could have fought harder. Yeah. And it just was, uh, yeah. It Especially was just, if he's playing a shot in the dark, he must know there's a decent chance he's going. Right. Home, so. so set set it on fire. Yeah. I'll be telling lies. I would, I would, I, if I were him, I think going into that, I think that I would have went in with saying that Tori has an idol. Yeah, but then it's like, then they really can't vote for her. I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying. It, it would I, definitely, it would definitely shake things up. I yeah. would, I. If I know I'm going home and there's not much that I can do, I'm Jatia Hartel. I'm pouring the rice out. I am, yeah. and by pouring the rice out, I'm being like Tori. This, I'm going home. That's fine. But be honest, uh, you have the idol. Yeah. No, that's not. Yeah, I, I guess um, there's definitely some some more I, he probably could have done, but I, he didn't do terrible job. No, it just no, came down but, to the debate. But yeah, he, if you, if you know to the point where you're playing your shot in the dark, it's like try to shake things up a little more. Maybe maybe fake an idol yourself, something like that. But um, now I do want to talk a little bit about the shot in the dark. And this is a, something I thought about after the uh, episode, this is more, I think Zach, you know, played it, he played it right. Like he, uh, he did what he should have done. I actually want to talk more about Tori. Um, and this is sort of the, one of the only times we've seen the shot in the dark get played. Cause last season, I think only Sydney played it uh, at the merge episode. Um, again, it was inconsequential there, but here it's just for me, I'm in Tori's shoes. Say, I know I'm one of two names. Like if I'm Tori, it's either me or Zach going home. And presumably the vote is going to be unanimous. I feel like um, me, of course we have more information than they do. 
if I'm Tory, even if I feel pretty good that I'm going to be safe, does it still make sense to play the shot in the dark just in case? Like, because if even if I'm not, even if I play, I lose my vote and I'm not safe. If they all voted Zach, it doesn't matter. I, I, like, I, I think, yes, it makes sense. However, being as though they've never seen it, like, I, I feel like it'd be different if they, like, say they seen 42 and they, like, I don't know. I just think that I'm staying away from it unless my back is against the wall and there's no other option for me. I guess the way I would weigh it out, um, I guess the pros and cons. The, yeah. So the pros, obviously, you know, it's either, if it's you or Zach, you know, there's a, there's a chance, a non-zero chance you're going home. So the pro is you now have a one in six chance of saving yourself, um, which isn't great. But it's like, if you know all the, if you know the vote's going to be unanimous, I feel like you might as well do that. But then I guess the downside is that, A, if the vote's not actually unanimous, say some crazy stuff happens where it's like 2-2-2 two, two, two or 3-3, three, three, then you losing your vote could be an issue. I guess that just depends on your awareness of the situation, right? Um, and then the other thing, I guess the bigger factor for me is if Tori plays her shot in the dark and her people are voting with her, does that leave a bad taste in those people's mouth? If, if I'm, if I'm a, if I'm Drea and I'm like, Tori, you played your shot in the dark. Does that mean you didn't trust that we were going to vote for you? Is that I, what people might think? Or is it kind of just like, you know, you wanted to be safe? Like, I, I, yeah, I, I think that you could easily get by by saying, I was just anxious. And like, I heard my name once, like it wasn't anything against you guys. Like, so yeah. I don't think so. See, I, I feel like Tori definitely could have made a case for playing it. But yeah. I guess th- those points are small points, but maybe the reason not to play it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. If I'm in that, that's why the shot in the dark is interesting. Um, I, just, I don't think it's a huge thing. Like it wasn't a huge thing last season. I, I don't think it's going to be cra- a crazy thing this season. Do you think we will? Do you think we will successfully see it executed? Probably not. Um, and I, here, my other thought is, is that like we've seen it played already at what this point twice with. Uh, Sydney and now Zach hasn't worked. I also feel like when it does work, I feel like the fans on Reddit are going to be like, "Oh my god, this is like, I, like." But for me, I think I, I'm pretty indifferent on the twist. Like, if it wasn't in the game, I wouldn't care. But I, the thing I do like about it is less about that one in six chance of safety, and more about the information that comes out of like the, the externalities of the information that comes out of its presence. Mm. So, for example, if I'm Tori, you know, Zach playing his shot in the dark, say I'm Tori and I have an idol. Zach playing his shot in the dark and not being safe. Now I'm like, you know, the fact that Zach is this worried probably means there's, there's no plan against me. People probably are like, hey, Zach, you're going home. Um, or, like I said before, playing your shot in the dark might show your tribe members you don't trust them. And that, that could lead to some other things. Or even like last season, uh, we talked about this. I think this was almost the biggest factor of the shot in the dark, even though it wasn't really direct is the tribal that Nasir got blindsided. Mm. Um, and Nasir had an idol when he went home. So going into that vote, for those who don't remember, it was, I think it was when the, the merge was split into two groups mm-hmm. and I think it was like Nasir, Shan, Ricard, Heather, and Erica and Nasir and Shan were like, yeah, we're hundred percent voting uh, Heather out. And Nasir even told Heather to her face, like, yeah, you're going <laughs> home. Like, I'm sorry. Um, it's your day, sis. <laughs> and so th- that was supposed to be one of those like cut and dry things. And so if I'm Nasir and now I'm at tribal and the whole tribal, they're really like, yeah, Heather's a great woman, but she's going home. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that Heather then doesn't play her shot in the dark 
if I'm Nasir and I know that I'm the other option, I'm going to be like, hold on a second. Like if, if it's actually as cut and dry as I thought it was, Heather would have played her shot in the dark. But by the so, time we learned that, but by the time Nasir has learned that she played the shot in the dark, it would have been too late for him to play the no, idol. You could, I think you could play because I think you could play your idol after. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you, yeah, you could like they play the shot in the dark. Fans, um, let us know in the comment if that's true. Because I, I, I think it's Jeff is like, if anyone has an advantage or a hidden immunity idol, let us like let it be known. And so that's when like Zach was like, yeah, Jeff, like here's my shot in the dark. Oh, uh, okay, and then Jeff okay. is like. Jeff is like, if it says safe, any votes for Zach will then not you count. could be like, oh, you know what, Jeff? Okay, all right. So I think so. It's it's not a big it's not a big factor, and I'm not mad at the fact that's not a big factor. I don't want the shot in the dark to be like, oh, you have like a, a one in two chance. Like that would just be a a, ga- a game ruining twist. But I do think that little external information that you could get about people playing it or not playing it, regardless of what happens, I think is kind of interesting. So, and the fact that it got played in the first tribal, you know, already the same amount as forty one. I'm sure it'll get played again at some point. We'll see if it works out. Um, granted, if it someone actually does play it successfully, I agree with you. It's going to be like, I mean, you got you just got lucky, and whoever goes home, it's like, eh, it's not the best. It doesn't leave the best taste, but we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, and then I, ultimately, baby boy Zach goes home. It's yeah. sad. It sucks to see a such a super fan and someone that just clearly excited to be out there going home. But I uh, I still love Zach. That's uh. Yeah. Baby he was boy. a lot of fun. And shout out to his mom. His mom's a member of the Purple Pants Posse. Oh, no way. Yes. So I thought a- it was, he had some great moments in that episode. I, I thought it was so funny on the marooning when they, he was on the mat and Jeff was like, you know, Mike, what do you think it takes to win this game? And Mike's like, Mike's like, I guess it takes a combination. I don't know. This is probably a horrible Mike impression. It, it takes a combination of, you know, gotta be physical. You gotta, you gotta have smarts and you gotta be social. And then Jeff is like, so Zach, what do you think it takes to win this game? He's like, I guess we're going to find out. <laughs> and Jeff was like, what is that? He's like, honestly, I just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> like execution was bad. I, right. I was like, oh, like, that's such a funny answer to me. So yeah, yes. shout out to Zach. He, I mean, he was a great presence uh, in this first episode and a shame to see him go. But. For sure. So uh, before we go, overall thoughts and excitement after the first episode on this season. Yeah. I mean, I thought the first episode was really solid. I thought 41's premiere was solid as well, but I think this episode even improved on you know, some of those things we saw professionals, at least two from every person, uh, which is a great way to like, kick off the season. get some background information. I think it's the, the amulet twist uh, that Drea high and Lindsay got, I think it's going to be a fun thing to track in the long term. And also, like we said at the beginning of the episode, uh, this cast is just so different from anything we've ever seen before. So it's going to be really interesting to follow along with how this sort of unconventional cast uh, navigates the game of survivor. And, also, Bryce, I've just heard from some inside sources that this is going to be a great season. So oh. uh, I'm just really excited to see how it shakes out. I'm, I'm sure there's some crazy moments ahead. And yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. It's great to just have Survivor back on every, every Wednesday. So Yeah, Survivor and Survivor News is glad to be back. Appreciate you so much, Jack, uh, for pulling up to New York, being my friend. We appreciate it. I appreciate you. Uh, just excited to be back for Survivor News. But listen, let us know in the comments what you thought who you want to see win, who you think is the zaddy of the season. Of- and Bryce, I got to hit you real quick before we wrap up. I do want to, you asked me my thoughts on the season. I want to know if you had to pick one person, who is your favorite? Go uh, like right at this point. Uh, I'm probably a little biased. I'm probably like, ah, oh, it's so hard. Okay. But my favorite to look at is Jonathan. Okay. 
And who could have guessed? I, I like to be a bench, but no, uh, I'm probably gonna go. I'm probably gonna go Marianne. I just, oh, I think it's just her, her story, her excitement, her like saying she was weird growing up and didn't fit in. And like, you know, her telling other weird kids, like, be weird, be you. And to top that all off is she is effing playing. Like, yeah. you know, like, she, like, I, like that for me is like, oh, okay, sis. All right. She's going to have, like, she's going to bring the moments for sure. Yeah. I like However, it. For me, I guess I would have to go, and I, you didn't ask me, but I, I guess there's a lot of people I like, but I think I would probably have to go with I, maybe. Oh. He seems really funny. Hello. He seems like a super chill guy, but also like, he seems very super smart, strategic, but also the type who's going to take risk and get creative, like we saw with the fake blood, for example. But, I mean, I always tend to root for the people that I can relate to, as I'm sure most most people would. And I think of, of this cast, I, I feel like I would be sort of most similar to High. So I'm just excited to see what, what he does uh, throughout yes. the game. Yeah. And I love High, too. So, uh, I, listen, first of all, I love everybody. I'm out here rooting for everybody, okay? Yeah. Everybody. But we, again, are excited to be back. Survivor News dropping every week, okay? So in the comments, let us know who your pick is, who you like the most, who you had most of the reaction from. Make mm. sure you subscribe to the Bryce Isaiah YouTube page, okay? Yeah. Give this video a thumbs up. And listen, we will be back next week. But listen, instead of a duo, we're going to be a tree. We're going to be Destiny's Child next week. A whole yeah. trio. And I'm All sure, three of us. And I'm sure throughout the season, we'll get some quad, quadruplets going on. Oh. Some special guests. So oh. well, I'm excited next week when DZ back on the podcast. Someone who who's, who's better at the game than us. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. Jack, we appreciate you. We will be back. And this has been your Survivor News. Yes, sir. And that's going to conclude this week's Survivor News. Your baby boys will be back next week to tackle episode two. Don't forget to head over to my YouTube page, Bryce Isaiah. Hit subscribe. Give that current video a thumbs up right in the comments. Okay. And also... Don't forget to subscribe to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever there is podcasts. The Purple Pants Podcast is there waiting for you. Hit subscribe, write a review, give your baby boy some five stars. And don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to buckle up. Because it's a... It's a, it's a, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants.